everybody. We'll get started in about another minute. We've got our call to glory and our daily bread devotion guides up here for this quarter. Right over here in the basket. Come on, make yourself available this morning. We're glad to see you. Well, good morning, everybody. We're glad to see you today. Thank you for coming out on this beautiful Sunday morning. For those of you who are can't, let's all stand together. Brother Ken will lead us as we open up in a song this morning. Let's sing together. Amen. This morning we'll be doing When We All Get to Heaven. We'll do three verses today. When We All Get to Heaven. Thank you so much for coming out. I appreciate your presence today. Uh, I, we will open up in prayer. I'm going to let you sit. Uh, I know you're warm. I have to tell you, it feels mighty good up here. If you get mighty, if you get warm, just bring your chair up here this morning. It feels awesome. Thank you, Brother Eddie. You are my BFF and my hero. Uh, next Sunday, I'd like to have air conditioning vents installed. Amen. Man, it feels good up here. I appreciate it, Brother Eddie, so very much. I got a whole list of prayer requests that I want to go through with you this morning and then uh, give you some announcements as well. I want you to please pray for Brother Larry Biggs, one of our deacons here at the church. Uh, Brother Larry is in the hospital up in Roanoke with stomach issues. They have also tested him for COVID. Uh, I'll let you know about that. Please lift him up in prayer if you would. We've been praying for a long time now for uh, Miss Betty Canode's aunt, Mabel Stowe. Uh, she was the roommate uh, uh, at the nursing home to Sister Bocock, one of our shut-ins. Uh, Miss uh, Mabel's 100 years old, and she's been diagnosed with COVID. So please pray for her if you would. Uh, of course, we've been praying for Chelsea and her continued uh, complications she's dealing with. Sheila Rohr and Sherry Peck's mothers, both of whom have positive for COVID. I mentioned on Wednesday night, 
uh, one of our longtime missionaries, Brother uh, Atif Hamadeya, uh, went home to be with the Lord. Uh, some of you know Atif. You went to uh, Israel with him. Uh, pray for his uh, wife, his widow, and their children, even grandchildren. Uh, he was a soldier of the cross for many, many years, serving God in Israel, uh, winning Jews and Muslims to Christ. So pray for that ministry, if you would. We've been praying for Vicki and Robert Turner. Continue to lift them up in prayer. Uh, Sister Annette Rohr. Marine Plasters remains in the hospital, so lift her up. She's at Lewis Gale. And, of course, uh, that's Aaron's mother. Long, long-time member of our church and uh, was my kid's Sunday school teacher when we started at Amazing Grace. Please lift her up in prayer, if you would. Uh, Brother Ken was sharing with me a special request, a friend of his, Donnie Donovan, some significant needs there. Uh, Leanne, continue to lift her up. We're glad she's back today, but pray for her. Uh, and uh, we got a surprise for you in just a moment, but I appreciate you being here this morning. I know there are others that I may have missed, but I'm glad that we serve a prayer-answering God. Amen? Those of you that are singing, come get ready, and let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, we come to you in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, that name that is above every name at whose feet all others must bow. Lord, I thank you for answered prayer this morning. And I thank you, God, that you are a prayer-answering God. Lord, we've seen you work incredible ways in the last several weeks and months, and we've got lots of requests that we bring to the throne of grace this morning. Lord, I thank you for how you've already touched lives, but God, we've got a whole lot more that need a divine touch of God. So, Lord, I pray this morning that wherever they are, whether they're in the hospital, in the homes, wherever they might be, that you would open up the windows of heaven and that you'd reach down and just just remind them that for the child of God, uh, you are an ever-present help in a time of need. Lord, I pray that you touch Brother Larry there in Roanoke Hospital. Lord, you know how faithful he's been to the church here for so many years, serving God in the role of a deacon. I pray that you'd bless him, restore his health, that he might be back with us. Lord, we again thank you for all that you've done, what you're going to do this morning. We'll thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you look up here this morning? How many of you glad to see Lisa Coffey standing up here singing this morning? Amen. Amen. I am, uh, I, she, she sung, <clears throat> she sung Wednesday night, and I was reminded it was just a few weeks ago the doctor said she'd never be off oxygen. And here she stands this morning ready to give God the glory. I want you to pray for them as they sing. to pass through deserts I've had to face strong 
until my soul has been restored in this healing field of grace. good this morning thank you all quartet boy that sounded good praise the lord let's put a smile on your face this morning before brother ken gets us another song to sing uh renee and i were eating at clarence's this week uh and uh, as we were walking out um one of the ladies that attends here at the church been a long time visitor here uh, in fact she and i went to high school together uh she spoke to me and i went over and said hello to her and she said preacher i want you to know uh that my boss told me today how much he loves your preaching and I looked at her and I said, well, does he listen on live stream on Sunday? She said, no. I found out today that he listens to you live every Sunday. I said, I, you got to point him out. I've missed him. She said, he doesn't come to the church. I said, now you've lost me, Ann. You're going to have to help me out on this. She said, there's a whole crew of senior saints that meets over at Hardy's and has biscuits and sits out in the parking lot and listens to the services at SAGBC. So I'm trying to figure out how we're going to pass the offering plate over at Hardy's. Amen. But we're glad y'all are listening wherever you are this morning. If you're here in the parking lot, at your house, or at Hardy's, we're glad you're listening. Brother Ken, let's have a song to sing. Amen. Let's sing Victory in Jesus this morning. We'll do that first and last verse. That's Victory in Jesus today. Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning, of his precious blood's atoning, then I repented of my sins and won the Savior forever. He salts me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He 
Some sweet day I'll sing up there that song of victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He solved me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him and all my love. seated. Thank you so much. Appreciate you singing out, making a joyful noise this morning. You all come get ready to sing your next song, if you would, and make a quick couple of announcements, uh, and then we'll uh, let them sing another song. Please be praying about our upcoming uh, end of summer jubilee. It will be a tent meeting, Lord willing, here in the parking lot, August the 30th, 31st. Of course, the 30th is a Sunday. We'll have our normal meeting time. Then the 31st, 1st, and 2nd uh, will be at 7 o'clock. We're looking forward to, to having Brother Heath Williams uh, preaching with us on Sunday. On Monday, we'll have Brother Kenny Baldwin. And on Tuesday and Wednesday, we'll have Brother Scott Matthews, Matthew family. Uh, Kyle Rowland and Deliverance is scheduled to be here. We've got lots of great things happening. The, uh, the Matthews family will be here as well. You pray about that if you would. And then want to make an announcement that beginning on Wednesday, September the 9th, uh, the second Sunday and Wednesday, we're going to uh, transition just on Wednesday nights to what I'm calling a soft reopening in the sanctuary, uh, just on Wednesday nights. And this will be for those who feel comfortable coming in. We won't be able to do Awanas, and I think you understand that. We won't be able to do uh, uh, anything like that. Uh, but we want to uh, invite you into the sanctuary if you feel comfortable. If not, you feel free to stay at the house and watch us live stream. But we want to kind of transition on Wednesday nights only. I keep getting asked when we're going to do Sundays. And uh, I, I, I just keep saying TBA. Because I got four times more people here in the parking lot than I'm allowed to have in the sanctuary. Amen. So uh, we're going to keep doing this as long as we have to. So you pray about that on Wednesday nights. Listen to the song this morning. I know it will bless your heart.
Amen. I, I, I've mentioned this several times. I miss a lot of things about being inside, but the thing I think I miss the most is good choir singing. Yeah. Nothing like it, and I miss that song. Bethany, we're glad to see you this morning. Can't wait to hear you singing that song. I want you to pray this morning. I asked Lisa to do this. She sang it Wednesday night. And if I got one song left to sing, this is it. Did I mention that I love him? You pray for Lisa this morning. I love to hear her sing this song.
Ain't that good this morning? Amen. That's awesome, y'all. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Fantastic job. Folks, appreciate that. Thank you, Lisa, and everybody for singing that this morning. Matthew chapter number 14 in your Bibles, if you would. Matthew chapter 14. Want to read a sweet, looks like an expensive card too, Bethany. Amen. This is Hallmark on it and everything. Dear SAGBC family, thankful for all the gifts we receive. We're so glad to have a church that loves us, Austin and Bethany. And you keep praying for that newlywed couple, if you would. Hold that for me, buddy. Thank you, sir. Matthew chapter 14 this morning in your Bibles, if you would. Matthew 14. Going to begin this morning in verse 22. I hope you're comfortable. Uh, not too terribly hot. Uh, folks have been saying to me the last couple of weeks, that Preacher, you were awful short. It's because it was 110 degrees up here. It feels good this morning, so we'll be here at 3 o'clock. Amen. I'm just kidding. Matthew chapter 4. I noticed the people in the, in the cars were the ones tooting, folks. Amen. Matthew chapter 14. We're going to begin at verse number 22 and read down through verse number 33. Matthew chapter 14, beginning in verse number 22, and we'll read down through verse number 33. Bible says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them Walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a spirit. And they cried out of fear. Straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, Bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. And they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. How many of you felt the little earthquake this morning handful of you did i didn't feel it renee and i didn't feel it but i will tell you our phones started blowing up immediately uh, wanting to know what was going on and i looked at renee and said as if 2020 hadn't been crazy enough already i was sharing with my son back when we had the earthquake several years ago some of you heard me share this story back when we had the earthquake several years ago that were centered in near richmond virginia uh, i was sitting at my desk at the college and we all felt the uh, a ground begin to rumble just a little bit i had a few things on my filing cabinet that fell off and as soon as everything stopped i got a phone call from one of my buddies there at the college he's no longer there his name was kevin and I picked the phone up and I said, Kevin, you all right? He said, man, I'm glad to hear your voice. I said, what's wrong, buddy? He said, I was afraid the rapture happened and I got left behind. Here's the reality, folks. Uh, these are dangerous and perilous times in which we live. Let's be candid. Until the Lord comes back, it's not going to get better. It's not going to get easier. And one thing I can promise you is we're going to feel the effects of one storm after another. I hear people saying, man, I can't wait for things to get back to normal. You hear me. Things are not ever going to be the way we thought they were before. 
I don't want to bust anybody's bubble. I'm not trying to be unkind or pessimistic, but I do believe uh, we're experiencing what a new normal is probably going to be like. Hear me now. One storm after another is going to hit our land until the Lord comes back and takes us out of here. I don't know about you, uh, but I say even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. When I was a kid, and I didn't have my license. I could remember praying, Lord, don't come until I get my license. I want to drive. And then when I was engaged, I can remember praying, Lord, uh, don't let me, don't come until I get married. I want to marry Renee. And then when Mary was pregnant, I remember praying, Lord, uh, don't come until these babies. You know where I am now, even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Amen. Understand, folks, that one storm after another, we're going to endure. And I get it, none of us like to endure it, none of us like to experience it, but you hear what I'm about to say, there are sometimes blessings that can only be discovered in a storm. So I want to preach to you for a few minutes this morning on that subject, blessings only found in a storm. The Bible talks about two different storms, two different kinds of storms that Jesus and the disciples experienced. One, which is previous to these events, is the one we're all familiar with where Jesus is on the back of the boat, asleep from Raxing after having fed the 15,000 plus people with five loaves of bread and two fishes. I know the Bible says 5,000, but it says 5,000 besides men and women and children. Scholars think it was probably closer to 15 or 20,000, but you know if you can feed five, you can feed 15. And after a much-needed uh, long day of preaching, uh, Jesus is on the back of the boat. Uh, and, of course, when the storm comes, the disciples get the correct idea to go wake up the master. Uh, you know the story. He steps to the front of the boat, stretches out his hands, peace be still, and instantly the waters stop, the winds stop, uh, the waves stop, and there is peace over the whole horizon. Thank God there are times when Jesus steps out on the forefront of our lives, uh, when he comes from the back of our life to the front of our lives, uh, he stands between us and the storm, and he says, peace be still, and instantly the storm stops. But you hear me, uh, there are other times, and I submit to you more often, uh, that he is not speaking to the storm, he is speaking to the ship. So I want to talk to you this morning about the blessings that can only be discovered in a storm. Three things I'll challenge you with this morning. Number one, know with me that storms are often God's means of transportation. Storms are often God's means of transportation. Would you amen me this morning? Nobody likes to go through a storm. We much prefer the calm waters. We much prefer the smooth sailing seas. But may I say to you that storms are oftentimes, hear me now, the method by which Jesus uses to allow us to catch a glimpse of his face. Note with me, if you would, when this particular storm came, it came in the face of darkness. It came in the face of darkness. The Bible says that the disciples were actually rowing at the, quote, fourth watch of the night. Let me explain that to you real quickly, if I may. Whereas our calendar, our day begins at midnight, a Jewish day begins at 6 a.m. 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. is day. 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. is night. Each of those two segments, day and night, is divided into four three-hour watches. There's four three-hour day watches. There's four three-hour night watches. The first watch of the night is from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. The second watch is 9 p.m. to midnight. The third watch is midnight to 3 a.m., and the fourth watch, which is obviously the darkest watch of the night, is that 3 a.m. hour as it ticks to sunrise at 6 a.m. People rightfully say that it's often darkest right before the dawn. I remember uh, when I was, uh, uh, had first asked Renee to marry me, 
I took some time off college and went to work third shift uh, at one of the local factories uh, and worked all night long. Uh, there was something strange that would happen in those dark hours. Your mind begins to play tricks on you. Uh, you don't quite think correctly. Maybe that's not you, but it sure was me. Uh, understand, folks, uh, that that's the way God operates. Uh, Satan loves to drag us right to the darkness. He loves to drag us right to the darkest parts of this world. Uh, but I am so glad to say to you that in the darkest night, Nights, uh, that's when Jesus will show up in the darkness. Not only does he come in the face of darkness, as evidenced by this particular passage, uh, he also shows up in the face of disaster. The Bible gives us a corollary passage. You don't have to turn. Mark chapter 6, verse 48 reminds us that these disciples were, quote, rowing and toiling, rowing and toiling. In other words, uh, they were in the fight of their lives. And here's the difference from the previous storm. Jesus is not on the back of the boat to go wake up. Unlike the first storm uh, where they could go wake the master, uh, let him come out uh, onto the boat and say, peace be still, uh, he's not on the boat. Uh, aren't you glad this morning uh, that even though you might not see him, yeah, man, he always sees you. Aren't you glad this morning uh, that even uh, in your darkest moments of disaster, uh, even when the doctor says there's nothing else we can do, uh, when the family's given up hope, uh, when the medicine don't work, uh, aren't you glad that even in the face of disaster that's when the Lord shows up the face of darkness the face of disaster and then I also want you to note with me that he shows up in the face of the deep he shows up in the face of the deep one of the things that dawned on me this week studying for this message was a simple thing the very thing the disciples feared was that by which God used to make his presence felt. Can't, can't you just imagine that as these disciples got on the boat and they're getting ready to row to the other side and this storm pops up, such as I understand is very common in that part of the world because you've got a sea that's below sea level, you've got mountains on the other side, the middle of a valley, that wind sweeps down, those storms percolate and they become disastrous. And I can just imagine those disciples on that boat thinking, you got to be kidding me, not again you got to be kidding me. we got to experience this again. you got to be kidding me. We've already gone through this. I can just imagine a few of them saying, man, enough is enough. Let's get over this. Have you thought about that in the last six months? Anybody thought enough is enough? I'm done with this. Anybody thought, I'm sick and tired of this mess. I wish things were back to the way they were. I can't hear me. I can't promise you that we're ever going to have a pre-COVID world, but here's what I can promise you, uh, that in the middle of the deepest mess, uh, in the middle of the storms, uh, in the middle of the disaster, uh, our God is strong enough to show up. Hell, man, storms are God's means of transportation. Number two this morning, storms are also God's means of testing. Storms are also... God's means of testing. Let me put it as simply as I can. Whereas Satan tempts, God tests. Let me explain to you the difference. All you have to do is look at the life of Abraham and the great test that God allowed Abraham to experience to understand that whereas Satan tempts us to do evil, God tests us so that we might become more like him. How do you know the difference? You listen to me. God will never one time tempt you into doing evil. You hear me? God will never one time tempt you uh, to sin. He will never one time. In fact, he makes it very clear uh, that there is no temptation among you that he's not provided a way out. If you'll just, man, it feels good up here. Amen. Amen. Understand me this morning, folks. Uh, 
When the enemy comes, he's trying to get you more like him. When the, when the Lord shows up, he wants you to become more like him. So what happens? Why does the Lord test us? Why does he allow the testings to come? Can I give you a couple of quick things quickly? I know you're warm. Number one, those, te those, those testings that we endure, they in fact help us see the Savior. They help us see the face of the Savior. If you'll go back and look in our text this morning, the Bible says in verse number 26, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a spirit. And they cried out for fear. Can I tell you what that means? That means when they saw this image of a man walking on the water, they didn't say, look, there's the Lord. They didn't recognize him. They didn't know who he was. That, that phrase, it's a spirit, they thought he was a ghost. They thought something horrible has happened, and I can't help but wonder uh, if because they were in the fight of their lives, uh, if because they were struggling, uh, if because they were rowing and toiling, uh, if they could not help but think, oh no, the dead is coming, uh, we're at the end of the rope. Hear me, they did not recognize him when they saw him. So how did they recognize him? Verse 27, but straightway Jesus, what's that word? spake unto them saying be of good cheer it is I be not afraid when they would not or could not recognize him by sight uh, honey when they heard his voice they knew who he was when they could not recognize him by sight, when he spake to their hearts, when he vocalized, when he said, hey, fellas, it's me, you know who I am, all fear vanished. When the Lord spake, it was a message of peace. It was a message of peace. How do I know that? Because he says, be not afraid. you got to be kidding me. The rain is pounding. The waves are crashing. There's storm everywhere. And he shows up and says, be not afraid. Let me also say to you that even while he's speaking, listen, the storm is still raging. The rain is still pounding. The waves are still crashing. The disciples are still afraid. But Jesus shows up in the midst of the storm. He doesn't quiet the storm. He just quiets the ship in the midst of the storm. It's a message of peace. But it's also a message of power. It's a message of power. I sometimes think that when we read this passage and Jesus says, it is I, we think that's kind of a redneck way of saying, yo, boys, it's me. How are you? Yo, fellas, look this way. It's the Lord. I've showed up. That's not what he's saying. Elsewhere in our Bibles, the same phrase that's here translated, it is I, is also translated in Exodus uh, when Moses says, uh, Who shall I say has sent me? God says, You tell him the I am hath sent you. So I don't think the Lord would object to me saying it like this to help us understand it. Uh, what Jesus was saying, he did not pop up and say, yo, boys, it's me. Uh, what he said was, hey, fellas, look, th look this way. The great I am has just showed up. Like he said in John, I am the door. Uh, like he said, I am the shepherd. Uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, he says, boys, uh, the one who spake, hell man, uh, the one who spake this world into existence, uh, the one who created the wind and the water to begin with, uh, has just showed up. The I am is on the scene. If you've ever been in the midst of a storm, if you've ever been where it feels like your world is crashing apart, if you've ever been in a location or a situation where it feels like you can't take another step forward and then suddenly you are experiencing the peace of God, you know what it's like to know what the I am is all about. Understand with me this morning, those storms, they all help us to see the Savior. 
but they also help us to refine the saint. They help us to refine the saint. Peter gets so much flack. I get so tickled and so amused when I read commentaries and listen to preachers and they just absolutely ripped Peter a new one because he took his eyes off the Savior and he began to sink. Don't misunderstand me. There's a good message right there. There's a good application about what happens when we take our eyes off Jesus. But if I'm reading this right, and I know I am, there's 12 disciples, but only one had the faith to get out of the boat. And I can just imagine that there were 11 other disciples who sat on the boat thinking, Peter, are you stupid? Have you lost your mind? What are you doing? You look stupid. Get back in the boat. But you understand that Peter took one giant step, listen, and immediately he's walking on the water. Yeah, he took his eyes off. And yeah... He started to sink, and that'll happen to every single one of us. Uh, but of all 12 disciples, uh, there's only one who can say, I walked above the storm. There's only one who can say, uh, I know what it's like to walk on the water. Uh, I know what it's like uh, to keep my eyes on the Savior uh, and walk above the water, uh, walk above the storm. Uh, you hear me this morning, uh, every one of us, uh, even in the midst of our circumstances, uh, we can step out in faith and walk above the storm. Number one, storms are God's means of transportation. Number two, storms are God's means of testing us, helping us become more like him. And finally this morning, number three, storms are God's means of testimony. Storms are God's means of testimony. I'd venture to say this morning, for everybody sitting here, whether you're in your car, whether you're in the parking lot, whether you at Hardy's eating a sausage biscuit, bring me one, amen. Whether uh, you are listening uh, by way of live stream on Sunday morning or sometime during the week, if you're a child of God, you know what it's like to be in the middle of a storm that you can't find your way out of. You know what it's like to look around and see nothing but dark clouds, nothing but raindrops, feel the pelting of the water on your face, uh, looking down at our spiritual ships and thinking it's taking on more water and I'm about to sink. But you're sitting here this morning by the grace of God. You're in your car this morning because God's been good. You're listening by way of live stream this morning because God has blessed you with another day. You are here today because of the grace and loving mercy of a loving God who promised he would never leave you nor forsake you even in the midst of that storm. So it's just like our God to turn that test into our testimony. These storms, I'm nearly done. What do our testimonies speak of? They speak of God's power. Wednesday week ago, not this past Wednesday, but the Wednesday prior, I walked into church to get ready for the evening services at about 6 o'clock and saw Sister Lisa sitting back in the sound room. I stopped and I said, Miss Lisa, you just made my week. I expected her to sit there at the back to stay away, knowing how sick she'd been. But at about five minutes till seven, here she comes and sits right smack down on that organ. Renee starts playing. Lisa starts playing. I looked at Ken and I said, man, don't that sound good. Lisa, at the end of the service, I was chatting with her. Uh, and she said, preacher, uh, can I just tell you, uh, this was all God. Say, folks, I didn't tell y'all everything. Brother Coffey knows this. He shared it with me. I didn't put it out there. But at one point, the doctors called Brother Coffey and said, this is touch and go. We've done about everything we can do. Now it's up to God to do the rest. I am so glad that when the doctors say, Amen. when the doctors say there's nothing else, we still got a God that says, I am. Testify of his power. 
But then they also testify of his person. I'll invite you back into the text one more time. Verse number 32 says, And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. I know you know what happened here. But as Peter begins to walk towards the Lord, as Peter begins to take these incredible steps of faith and get in touch literally with a heavenly father, 